Welcome to Books and Beyond with your hosts, Karen and Louisa. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations, and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl, and she works in a library, yeah. Standing there behind the counter, willing to help with all the problems that I encounter. I'm here today with Ivana Blinas. Ivana is a youth worker with an MA in criminology from the University of Auckland, where she now works as a research program coordinator. But more importantly for us at Books and Beyond, she's always wanted to write a children's book when the time would be right. And the time has just been right, and she is now the debut author of a book called Stardust. A beautiful book, I might say, called Stardust with a beautiful name. Kia ora, Ivana. Kia ora, Karen. It's nice to be here. Oh, wonderful. Stardust is a powerful and heartwarming book written especially for children who have a parent in prison. It tells them that no matter where we are, we all share the same night sky. Ivana, so how did the idea for this book come to you? Um, Good question. Um, So I started out studying my bachelor's in criminology and sociology Uh, and then as time went on I got more interested in the field of criminology Um, so I did my master's um, and through that time it opened up this big window um, of the subject of prisoner families which we often don't hear about a lot in New Zealand Um, we are more so offender focused so it was very interesting to me to look into this area and this topic it's really interesting because when you said in new zealand i was thinking are there countries in the world are there some advanced countries in the world that do think about offenders families definitely scandinavia maybe is it (laughs) yeah definitely i think well take america for an example um huge incarceration rates um so they do a lot of work around prisoner families and children yeah oh my country i didn't know that (laughs) yeah no they're quite advanced in that area i would say Hmm. um a few years ago i did an international conference in rotorua actually where um all the countries kind of came together and we discussed this topic and it was amazing just to see um you know our neighbours like Australia or UK, America and how far ahead they are actually in terms of um, rolling out programs and supporting families and children. Yes. Which eye-opening. In an interesting way is... um also that supporting the family is also support for the prisoner because the prisoner is going to be released eventually and to have a strong family still together yeah. and supported mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, in, in, in which they will return is probably really important against um, re-offending, isn't it? Yeah, that's very important. Um, I think a lot of offenders that struggle coming out of jail um, often don't have that family structure there um, and so then it's very easy for them to reoffend. Um, I don't know if you've heard but a lot of them feel um, that are in that situation feel that prison is actually a safe haven for them um, because it's a roof over their heads um, you know Three meals, three meals a day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is very important. When it was just too tough to survive on the outside, it's an easier solution mm-hmm. to go back to where. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's also very large numbers, isn't it? In um, what was the figure is given for the children impacted by um, parental imprisonment? Mm-hmm. It's thousands. So in tens New, of thousands. Yeah. So in New Zealand, um, there's an estimated twenty-four thousand children um, who have a parent in prison. Um, in some situations, that's both parents in prison. Yeah. 
and and in a way it is um i know you've described this as that the children there's a second sentence involved in this which is that the children have also received a sentence definitely yeah so um like i said before a lot of the time we do fin- focus on the offenders more so um but it is the families that do actually suffer as well um maybe even more so than the person in prison um just because for them life continues and they have to then figure out how they're going to survive um usually when a parent goes to prison that means an income is lost um so that is quite a huge burden on the family um but for children as well it's a huge you know they go through so much both physically emotionally psychologically um losing a parent to imprisonment is quite often related to losing someone losing a parent to death um and that kind of grief that goes with it yeah but more complicated because they've got people telling them when they ask why they have mm-hmm. people telling them that one of their parents was bad which is of course a horrible thing and it's addressed in the book isn't it mm-hmm. so we should probably tell a little more about how the book is structured this is the story of a little girl tell us how that um what happens to her in the book <laughs> yeah of course um so the book is basically um a story about a girl and her mother and her mother is imprisoned and it's about their journey um through imprisonment and how they handle um things like emotions that the girl goes through um things like separation anxiety um feeling angry uh, you know not understanding necessarily why this has happened but her mom's not here all of a sudden um and so just how she processes those emotions and those feelings um but also uh, how they um find a connection <laughs> with one another um visiting a parent in prison isn't always regular um so it's very case by case and it's quite different across families it all depends on where that parent's been in prison so if you were arrested in Auckland doesn't necessarily mean that you are imprisoned in Auckland so then that makes traveling to and from prisons for visits quite difficult so the book really addresses um how they find a connection and that's through the sky yes, <laughs> yes. well it's through the mother yes. uh, it's through the mother and um who is has actually performs an act of magic the way i said there's a very magical you could probably tell by the title stardust we always share the same sky there there is a magical aspect to this which is um not a um a, a real magic like a fairy tale it's the kind of magic that people's feelings and strengths can pull forth in a difficult time which is a magical thing and especially when it works and i was going to ask if you would just read so this is just to um give you listeners a chance to hear the the language and the tone of this beautiful book um it's the part where the little girl first hears from her mother um who has been in prison Yeah, sure. <laughs> One day she received a letter from her mum telling her just how much she missed her. Hidden among the words her mum had written a gift of magic so that she would never have to feel alone. Her mum had said, "No matter how far apart we are, we always share the same sky." And with that also comes the stars. The sky is filled with our memories and love that light up the stars even on the dusk darkest nights said her mum this helped the girl feel closer to her mum and like she was always around now the sky was a glittery starry blanket that covered her at night yeah i just love that <laughs> so much the sky was a glittery blanket that covered her at night and it's that warmth and that continuation of feeling that um this is not actually a 
a thing that you have to give in to your worst feelings about. And it's an opportunity, isn't it, also in the book? This is written for children in age in which someone will be reading the book to them. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's not really a picture book. It's um, it's more complex than a picture book. Do you, it's a children's book, but it's, a, it's for very, very young children. Yeah, definitely. But... I've also been surprised. Um, the book has been received really well, and I've received emails from 25-year-olds who have read the book that can relate to it and have just read it over and over again. So I think, you know, it, I would probably say definitely for, from five and above. Um, so it just kind of depends on yeah. who's reading the story to the book, parent, caregiver, foster, parents. Yeah, it's, or, a, yeah. Um, it's really true, you know, but all good children's books... Um, are ageless in mm-hmm. the sense that the the messages are always universal and if the writing Definitely. is good it's something that everybody I'm, I'm going to say the little prince <laughs> yes <laughs> book beloved by children and adults and and I it is a really good opportunity if the child is younger and somebody is reading this book to them or the person who's given the book to them to start a conversation isn't it mm-hmm. to help them explore their feelings mm-hmm. yeah definitely so uh, my intention with the book was to make it for the children but also make it um quite multi-purpose so that um anyone really can sit down with them and start talking about some of the feelings and emotions that they are experiencing but not necessarily sharing because if you know as you can imagine it would be quite hard for a child to open up to what they are feeling um so yeah i just really wanted to make it so that you can sit down with any child really um and just be able to use the use it as a good resource Yes, because the bottled up feelings are the kind of thing that lead people to lash out, would lead to bad behavior at mm-hmm. school, and then punishment, which starts you on a the wrong road, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. So um, I've heard, you know, a lot of stories over since I think 2015, I started the research and then I've been writing Stardust. <laughs> it's taken a while, but um, we've got in there. So, yeah, just all these stories about um, children, you know, disclosing to their peers at school that they have a parent in prison and then kind of, you know, the consequences to that. Not always, but most of the time um, they would kind of be bullied. or um, And that's because children on the other side don't really understand necessarily um, what that means and what that child's going through. They just see it as, well, their parent's done something bad. Um Therefore, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or just being different in general, which we know always makes people targets for bullying. Yeah. Um, so it's um, there's a, also the stigma, isn't mm-hmm. there? There's just the fact that um, the it's, it is a thing that causes victims. You know, there's mm-hmm. uh, the child is a victim of something which the child played no part in. And um, just to be able to feel, because one of the messages of the book, um, I really wish we could read the whole book, (laughs) (laughs) Um, is about how you always carry within you unique gifts and you are worth something. It's about self-worth. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think what I noticed doing my research is that a lot of the research out there is, I mean, it's quite negative. Um, and we know that the impacts of incarceration on children. Um, so my question was really, you know, how can we start changing the conversation? Um, it's often in the media you hear children who have a parent in prison are nine times more likely 
to be in prison themselves. So I just really try to put myself into the child's shoes, you know, and it's all, you know, all broadcasted over media and, and the radio. Um, and so I just thought to myself, well, how would a child feel hearing that? Um, so, yeah, it's just a little bit about changing that conversation around the topic and how we speak to the children um, in terms of that because not all of them will go on an event and that doesn't need to be their future. So, yeah. Yeah, just having those important conversations about, you know, their their goals and their aspirations and, you know, working towards towards that. And instilling a confidence that, they, that it's worth working towards it because they have a chance mm. at success. And a lot of them are incredibly resilient Um you know, to go through something like that at a young age or any age um, is really difficult. Um, so, yeah. You you have a child of your own. So I do. It's a first-hand experience of yeah. how children process emotion, don't you? I do, definitely, yeah. And um, you take it year, year by year, you know. I try and prepare myself for the preteen ages, but you just can't. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think it's really important to, um, for children to have an adult that they trust as well to be able to talk about these emotions and problems and there's something about was really well done in the book also is that it puts the child at the center of the story instead of being an accessory Mm -hmm. to a situation it's actually about that child and that situation speaks directly to them yeah yeah definitely so i just wanted to again um just shift that focus over to prisoner families and children um it is important to obviously focus on offenders and rehabilitation and reducing reoffending that's that's huge as well in itself um but i don't think we put enough resources towards um that kind of secondary sentence that a lot of families and children face so yeah i just really wanted to um make that the center yeah so, <laughs> you, so you said it took a long time to write was that uh, yeah. it, it seems so flowing you know just <laughs> really when they, when they use that word i actually hate the the yeah. use of the word penning you know she mm-hmm. penned a book i would say <laughs> if you're talking about a 16th century <laughs> poet i'm fine with he penned some sonnets but yeah. um but it does it feels like a, a pen she mm-hmm. penned this book it, it flows beautifully thank you yeah well i took started, a lot of polishing did it? yeah it did yeah. i started writing i think it was mid 2016 so you know it's taken a while um i think i battled a lot with the work you know choosing the right words to express what i was trying to get across um and i also found it quite hard to write something positive but realistic i think you know sometimes that was a little bit difficult um but i had a huge input from my daughter actually (laughs) and she she's quite well aware of the topic as you can imagine having her mum um be quite immersed in it for years um so yeah that was to bring in her perspective how old is she she'll be 11 soon oh yeah yeah, yeah already she's at that, that age, age where she can understand and yeah yeah and, and also a chance to um to to give back is it you know so mm-hmm. she's received she's been in part of the conversation and children are very um you know in the right situation if they haven't been if there's nothing negative and harmful children do find solidarity with other children that's their, oh, i firmly yes. believe that's their natural instinct yeah, definitely. and she's showing that mm. isn't she yeah definitely she yeah. took the book and they read it in her class and that was it was amazing to hear the feedback from the children um not necessarily impacted by incarceration but you know for them to kind of just start thinking about the topic or you know maybe i should be a little bit more cautious you know um just educating i think that was also my 
other intention is to just raise more awareness around the topic and just to start educating people um, mm. around the topic and the impacts and what, you know start thinking about what can we do. Yeah. And I think also um, when I was reading the book, I was aware that it specifically states that the mom is in prison. People have told mm-hmm. the child that her mom is bad, but this is confusing to her because that's not the way she feels about her mom. It's, that part is really beautifully written. But actually, a lot of children are in situations that don't necessarily involve imprisonment where a parent has had to go to work mm-hmm. in another country to find a job or you know, gone to Australia to work and the child is back here wondering why dad isn't with the family. Definitely, yeah. Or to take care of an aging parent has had to leave and go away so that idea of um of need the 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 night sky that we all belong (laughs) to the same sky and all the stars is just absolutely it's a metaphor which really works for so many Mm -hmm. um different kinds of situations in which children find themselves isn't it i agree yeah and it's been very heartwarming just um receiving emails you know every week about um, you know, families that don't necessarily have someone in prison, but they can relate to it in a different way. Um, or, you know, even parents have emailed me where their child has been incarcerated. So, you know, it, yeah. And <laughs> it's a really lovely thing to think that you are contributing in some way to breaking a cycle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very important for me as well. Um, just that statistics you know that I had heard in the initial stages of my research just (laughs) you know it angered me a little bit that um we are putting things like that out there um so I really just like I said wanted to change the focus a little bit um because it's so important like you say in terms of prevention work um and breaking that cycle of intergenerational offending it's really nice that you um, were studying and seeing figures that are anonymous, but viewed the people behind those figures. And now that the book is out there in the world, you're receiving, your people are putting themselves in contact with yeah. you who were those people that you were yeah, seeing, but they're, you're getting this validation that, yes, uh, I, I mm-hmm. read this book and it spoke to me. Yeah, definitely. And I think people are quite thankful um, that... Um, someone's taken the time to think about their children and put a book out there that um, their children can relate to because there's not many children's books um, nationally in New Zealand that cover this topic. Yeah, it's got that very local flavor, which is... um, (laughs) But before I uh, thought about the local flavor, there was another thing I wanted to say when you said, when we talked about putting the book out there, that the other thing about the book, which unfortunately, as we're on radio, you're Mm going to have to take my description for it, listeners, (laughs) but it is absolutely such a beautifully produced book with this beautiful cover with the two girls, the girl and her mother, looking up at the night sky and it's silvery and the stardust shines and the colors and the graphics Tell us a little bit about how the book came to be just in terms of the production and the illustration. Yeah, sure, yeah. So I think that was also quite a hard part of... Um, I had no idea how to write a children's book. Um, so I did quite a lot of research on Google myself, um, self-taught. Uh, and then I started to just put together some sort of portfolio about my idea and it was quite nerve-wracking because it is quite a special book and a special topic and I didn't know how it would be received Um, but thankfully I found an incredible publishing team with Mary Egan Publishing couldn't be happier yeah they Um, are great yes they're amazing Um, that really just took the idea on board and they said oh it's a little bit different but you know 
we're willing to support this and we think it's incredible. So, yeah, I could, you know, so happy about that. Um, and then the next step is obviously funding um, to fund the book. So we were very lucky to receive funding from the Wright Family Foundation. Um, yeah, and I had an incredible illustrator as well. Um, me and Portia actually went to high school together. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And, and she had become an illustrator? No, um, she's always been incredible um, with her artwork, but I don't think she, she never really thought she would delve into the um, illustration kind of side of things. And I, you know, just came to her with this crazy idea and she was like, yeah, let's do it. So, so it's yeah. her debut yes, it is, illustration well. job yeah, as well as exactly. your debut writing job. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize and that. Yeah, so um, I was... I mean, I'm not an illustrator, so she's done an incredible job to um, portray that kind of Kiwiana New Zealand feel to the book uh, because we just wanted to make it as relatable as possible. Yes, we hear that all the time, you know, coming from the library. This is what people want or stories that they can relate to. Um, It's the same with the um, people reading from our literacy collection. You know, they don't want the stories that mean nothing to them. They want the stories that they recognize themselves in, Mm -hmm. which is the first step towards a love of literature, which I know that you um, put forth always uh, your desire to share your love of literature isn't it yeah Yeah, i think that i mean education and literature are quite important to me and i think um you know to be privileged to to receive a good education and yeah so my intention was just to put out a great resource for children um that they can relate to and yeah it's life-changing really (laughs) what is the right fam is right family foundation that's right the Wright Family Foundation, yes, they do quite a lot of work um, around um, children and their kind of um, child development. Um, so they're a huge foundation and they put in quite a lot of work into early childcare, for example, um, um, quite a lot of um, birthing centres, you know, anything child related really. Um, yeah, they're great. <laughs> oh, that's really wonderful that they, so this was, um, was it Mary Egan who found, how did you find them? Uh, yeah, so um I actually found them through a separate avenue um, and then Mary Egan um, also helped me kind of establish that relationship a little bit more. Yeah. And they, and now you, this book, now that it's published and it's in your hands, you've um, gone to also some conferences and spoken about it or it was a side <laughs> topic or? Yeah, so um, I actually haven't done any conferences in terms of presenting the book yet. Um, I think that will come a little bit later down the track. Um, but I did do quite a lot of conferences um, after my research was published. Yeah. So on the was, topic. Mm, on of, the topic. Which has gone into the making of this yeah, book. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So I'm excited to see what, what what's next. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to hear about what's next. So yeah. one of the things I know that we are thinking that's next is to come and do some events in libraries. And, um, and we also, a very exciting thing is that... Um, at Auckland Libraries, our mobile libraries have begun doing some exploratory visits to Paremoromo Prison where they do story times for the children waiting to um, visit their an incarcerated mm-hmm. parent or caregiver, who it is. Um, so we'll be looking into collaborating with Yvonne on this. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. And the other wonderful thing about the book is a series of pages at the back where there are activities that children can do. Um, tell us a little bit about those because I I thought they were just amazing. I wanted to do them myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so I always knew that I wanted to make 
quite a practical component to the book. Um, and this was the best way that I could think of doing something like that. Um, mainly due to the reason that, you know, not some children are in foster care um, or, you know, they work very closely with NGOs and governmental departments. So whether that's a social worker or a lawyer, anyone it could be. Um, so I really wanted to just put a few activities at the end of the book that, you know, where you can be anyone working frontline with these children or a caregiver or a parent where you can just sit down and talk a little bit about, you know, their goals and their aspirations and also their feelings and things like um, the importance of family um, and what family means to them and how they see their family and who they consider as family. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a really important avenue to explore just in terms of um, gaining that trust with that person for them to be able to then open up and talk about emotions and feelings. Yeah, so... <laughs> it's a way of getting the foot into the door, isn't it? But in a way which is, which starts out, um, doesn't put you on the spot mm-hmm. because they're fun things. So there's one, there's a page with stars and the children are encouraged. What's that? It's the first one, isn't it? That there's uh, a, a page with stars and the children are encouraged to write in each star. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's, um, I love me because that's what it's titled um so use each star to write something that you love about yourself so again just working on that self-confidence and self-belief in children um but also there's another one called reach for the stars which i quite nice as well and that's more probably suited to a classroom so you know that any teacher can pick this book up and um you know do a little activity with her classroom um about children's goals and you know aspirations yeah, yeah. so well, how does work for, reach for the stars work um so the directions are <laughs> on a piece of paper a4 big or bigger get your child to trace their hands with a pencil um once this is done the ch- the children can cut and color their outlines and get your child to write five goals that they have for the year and then display this beautiful work on on a wall where they oh, can yeah, kind of always go back and reflect and tick off goals or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And then the favorite one, I'm going <laughs> to share my favorite one, which is the one where you create your own night sky, which is, um, where is it? Here it is. Do it yourself stardust jar. Yes. <laughs> you will need a jar or a plastic bottle, glitter, food coloring of your choice, and warm water. Not impossible things to no. come by, but in creating an amazingly, impossibly beautiful um, jar full of glitter that showers down. It sort of becomes like those snow globes, doesn't it? When the water mm-hmm. is cool, the glitter will sl- will slowly sink to the bottom and you'll watch it go sparkling by. Yeah, and I think my intention with that activity was also um, just to be used as a tool um, for you know processing emotions so just watching the glitter fall if a child is quite upset or angry you know um as a way of just calming down yeah Yeah. very soothing yeah yeah soothing and um and at the same time it takes your takes your breaks that um obsession and obsessional moment where you're angry where you're locked into an improductive emotion yeah 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 and it takes your attention away for that moment it's the same thing sort of like doing meditation or yoga yeah mindfulness definitely (laughs) (laughs) um so I, was, I want to say I think it's really amazing that you've put this book together with um, so much DIY. Speaking of the <laughs> DIY <you>. sparkling <laughs> sky, um, you, you know, you picked it up and didn't go to, did not do a creative writing course. No, yeah, <laughs> DIY. I always had it in me. <laughs> 
Yeah, the, well, the kind of creative side. I'm a firm believer in the fact that when people really feel they have something in them they need to do, it's because they know they have the ability to do it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. and you've done a wonderful job. Thank you. I'm going to read, we've just got a couple of minutes. I just want to read because um, I love reading aloud. <laughs> I'll come and do some of these story times. Um, this part. So, um, this is the little girl. So, she's got her jars in the illustration. You can see her with her jars mm-hmm. of starlight. And it says, So, the girl filled her life with stars that shone so bright. She believed that she could reach for the stars. She dreamed of her own solar system, a place where she could be anything she imagined. And when she looked at those stars holding all her dreams high above, she knew her mom was looking at them too. Perhaps you could give it a try. Look up to the stars and fill them with your hopes and dreams. You may not believe in magic, but I know that in this world of seven billion people, there is no one quite like you. For you are made of stardust and magical things. And in this universe of a thousand galaxies, you were made to be seen. That's so lovely. Thank you. You did a great job. I'm very happy to be um, a part of this project in some very small way. So um, we're looking forward to working with you in the libraries. We're coming close to the end of our time, but thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. And um, do you already have in mind a next project besides (laughs) the working with us in libraries? Um, Yeah, just a few um, outreach places um, and possibly working a little bit within the prisons and their family teams. Oh, that'll be wonderful. Thank you so much. It's been a real honor to have you here and a real pleasure to get to know you. Yeah, you Thanks, too. Ivana. Thank you. by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9.35pm on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash books and beyond. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day.